Hey guys, it's Sean. I uh, just wanted to give a quick note about this episode. First of all, it's amazing. Our guest, Matt McManus, is hilarious and he was really fun to talk to. Uh, we did have some technical difficulties in this episode. About 30 minutes into the podcast, I realized that Audacity was not recording any of our mics and I had a mini panic attack and I fixed it, and then I was thinking, crap, well, did we lose the first 30 minutes of the podcast? And then I realized we were also simultaneously recording the podcast on my iPhone. So we used the audio from that video, uh, and I did as much as I could to improve the audio and make it sound as good as possible. Uh, It's not amazing, but uh, it works. So without further ado, episode 37 with Matt McManus. This episode of the TDLA Podcast is brought to you by Yeti Spunk. Yeti Spunk is a new kind of energy supplement that doesn't include any bullshit. Its ingredients are simple. Caffeine, B vitamins, cocoa leaves, and a little bit of protein. Let's see it in action. Hello, sir. Um, hi. If you don't mind me saying, you look a bit tired. Yeah, I've been up since 6am and still have a few hours of work to go. Here, try this new energy supplement, Yeti Spunk. Okay, how does it work? Stick the tube in your mouth, and then you have to stimulate by moving your lips up and down the tube. Oh, like this? Perfect. Uh, nothing's happening. Go faster. Huh? Faster. Huh? Okay. Faster. Huh? Hmm. Salty. How do you feel? Honestly, confused. Do you also feel energized? I guess... There you have it. Try Yeti Spunk now at your local vitamin and supplement store. Warning. Yeti Spunk is not recommended for children or women who are breastfeeding. Side effects of Yeti Spunk may include nausea, headaches, diarrhea, addiction to cocaine, and it might make you question your sexuality and if you made all the right choices in your life. Please do not use if you're eating gorgonzola, blue cheese, or spicy wings that day. Also, do not consume on a Monday through Sunday. Hello and welcome, dear listener, to an exceptional episode of the Two Dudes in L.A. podcast. Today, the dudes welcome comedian and musician Matt McCannis to the show. Matt thrills us with stories of growing up in New York with Wall Street parents, all of his many creative endeavors, and he shares some great wisdom about life and pursuing what you love. Then the dudes play Don't You Dare Laugh and Try Not To Laugh at Sophie the Cock Destroyer. Then they introduce Matt to the timeless gangster novel Teflon by having him read an excerpt at random. You won't believe entertainment this good can be free, so listen in disbelief to the TDLA podcast. You're officially live. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I'm recording. Um, but anyways, um, it is nuts, guys. There's nothing I can really say. It's just like, we got in, the, the short version of it, so, um, What does it take to get in? Dude, so, well, funny enough for us, it was, and we'll introduce our guest in a second. But, Sorry. No, 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 this is yeah. all good. You have to blow the security guard. <laughs> no. You, uh... It's <laughs> lights It's, uh, it's Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, it's, uh... Honestly, so it was actually really awesome. You gotta give awesome. him a blow Jabba. Blow drama. There it is. Um, yeah, he. So I gave him blow drama. Um, no, but what it uh, literally like the person who I was hanging out with, she made a reservation, and the audience can't see that, but I did air quotes. But I don't know why I did air quotes because she did make a reservation, um, and she um, she had everyone back out. So we were like, 
oh no, I don't, you know, they might check to see if you have your entire group with you. Like, she literally, she had, like, four people drop out, and then she found four new people to, like, take the spot. Wow. But they did not check at all, and they were just like, here you go, and then they gave us these. And you have to go at a certain time. I went at 8 By these, he means wristbands. Yes. <laughs> By these. You don't know what it is. But yeah, so from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m., we were at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And it's, uh, it's crazy. Like, the short version... You walk in and you're you actually like walk down a path away from the park, so you don't even hear the park. Mm. And then it's crazy because they completely surround you in it. You don't see any other Disneyland. You don't see any other. Oh, it's all encompassing. Yeah. yeah, it's all encompassing and it's nuts. And the craziest thing about it is like you'll be standing in line and waiting for whatever, and all of a sudden you hear like a spaceship fly by. Like they put speakers on the top or something. And you literally will look up because it sounds it's like spatial. there's something. Yeah, they're like that's crazy. Yeah, it is nuts. So I built a droid. That was really cool. I flew the Millennium yeah, it's Falcon. Like, it was ride. like build a bear, but you do yeah. a droid. Right? Was it? Was there a lot of people? Like, were there a ton of so, people in it? It was weird. So like, there was a. So we came in at eight, but then the people who were there before us left at nine. So there was a lot in that first hour, but then after nine, like. I literally rode the Millennium Falcon ride five times, and you and we Ooh. just walked right on like there was no line or anything. So that's um, the secret. Go late. Go well, late. I guess so, but that's the thing is like I think it's just because we had a reservation. I don't know if they're going to do that. I think starting Monday or tomorrow, they're going to uh, just release the hounds, and then anyone can go now. You don't need a reservation. Oh, so that's how they've been doing it. Yeah, it's like a pre thing. There's also uh, there's also. Um, a secret to the theme parks. I used to work at Disney World when I, oh, okay. when I was 21 years old. So yeah. I know all the tricks. Yeah. You gotta go in a, I mean, not like it, it rains a lot here, but if it's ever cloudy, yeah. go to the theme park. Oh, really? Interesting. Right? Yeah, and like go early or go late. Don't go in the middle of the day. Okay. Um, and Interesting. Whenever, yeah, and whenever other countries are on like spring break like or like vacation, like universally. Yeah. Don't go, <laughs> yeah, because then as they fly to yeah. America to go to these things, so yeah, you think, like Brazil has its uh, its summer when we have winter and vice versa. Oh, so you gotta like take these things into consideration, right? Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's That's a completely a different experience if it's super packed. Like you won't be able to see as much or go on as many yeah. rides. So it right. helps to kind of plan it. Yeah, it was really cloudy yesterday, and so as far as Disneyland goes, I literally did everything, and like, there was hardly any people. It was weird for being the summer, and I don't know if it was just because everyone's scared of Star Wars Land, of like it being so busy, but I walked on to every other ride, too. It was, it was a Did you see any like super fanboys crying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when there was someone building a droid, and don't get me wrong, I like Star Wars, but when someone was building a droid, he was like bawling his eyes out. And he was a full-grown dude. I was like, dude, good for you if you're you know passionate what, man, about like, <laughs> Maybe that was his life's dream and sure. he never thought he would see it come to fruition. Yeah, you know? for sure. And, like, that's kind of the ethos of Disney at the end of the day. Like, it all started with a tiny little dream. Sure, is it corporatized? Completely. Sure. But, like, the ethos of the company has always been, like, quote, unquote, follow your dreams. Yeah. And all these years later, that man, he might be, what, 60 or, you know, give or take years old. Mm-hmm. He got to do that. Yeah. Maybe in his head, in his wildest dreams, he thought he might do that in heaven if heaven exists. Yeah, exactly. And what if that was heaven? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, like, sure. I, I, and that's the beauty of, like, 
Los Angeles at the mm -hmm. end of the day, like big or small, yeah, far-fetched, ridiculous, or even completely illogical. <laughs> all these things can happen or they probably won't. <laughs> yeah. You can find your fantasy <laughs> world out here. Yeah. You can, or at least pretend that it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think my one downside I'll say about Galaxy's Edge, and we'll talk more the blue about milk. Galaxy's Edge. The blue milk. No, fun. Oh. That's literally what I was going to say. I read what that is anyway. It's it, not my favorite. Is it alcoholic? No. <laughs> they have a cantina that is alcoholic, but... Uh, uh, I would hang the hell out of Oh, yeah. But they were like... I believe they booked. served Eddie Spunk there. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. That's where they get it That's from. what we call a callback, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep calling it back every day. Every every single segment, we have to at least Yeti! But no, it didn't taste very good, guys. It was like... Watered down Starburst. That's the best <laughs> I can explain. If it was full on Starburst, then yeah, like, okay. I'll tell you what though. I have a five year old son, and, yeah. and he would, he if I was like in a theme park with him, and he knows what, he knows what Star Wars is, and uh -huh. you want you want that stuff, he'd be like, all right, and uh -huh. he would drink he would drink. Three. He would oh yeah, what it tastes like butter beer at Harry Potter World. Yeah, mm, that's yeah. actually I enjoyed that. I enjoyed. You can make that yourself. It's real. It's See, really that's simple. What do. Yeah, it's really it's really simple. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we'll, we'll go into more of that because we got to get to our guests. But what, are you, what about you, Sean? Sorry, I keep interjecting. No, no, dude, this is what we want. You're doing great. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I had a, a recent celebrity encounter. So <gasps> oh, I just wanted to tell the audience. Okay. You know, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've kind of gotten past the, the starstruckness, you know. Uh -huh. I try to leave celebrities alone now when I see them. But uh, yeah. we were we were out at Malibu Canyon or Malibu Creek, whatever, and uh, we were diving in the swimming pole oh area. yes now i know what you're talking about i was like wait i would have been there then yeah, yeah. Okay, well, i know anywhere. what you're talking about yeah. and uh on the on the back side of the the creek you can climb over the rocks you're like hanging over the water but you can climb over the rocks and get to this other side there's there's uh there was rock climbers and there was uh waterfall and stuff and i wanted to go check it out so i go over there i'm climbing on the rocks and somebody's like climbing back my way like coming back and I was like, kind of got out of their way and was just looking at him. I was like, oh, this guy looks familiar. And then I recognized like the arm tattoos. And it was and those freaking Jared eyes. Leto. Yeah, those baby blue eyes. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, because I'm, I'm a big, like, 30 Seconds to Mars fan. Sure. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm, okay, well, and it, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, even from when I was, like, I'm probably considerably old, not considerably old, but at, <laughs> at least. Three quarters of a decade older than you guys, <laughs> and uh, which is great <laughs> because uh, I I recognize him from the generation prior. He was a part of a television show on MTV that was like a, a melodrama called My So Called Life, yes. oh, which was like a post grunge uh, related television show, like suburban. Like it was kind of like the Wonder Years if it took place in Pasadena, like uh, 30, oh, 30 years later with a girl. Claire Danes was the star of it. Oh, Jared Leto was the the love interest in. Oh, he played gosh. a character by the name of Jordan Catalano, okay. which was like I guess you could equivalent. Like, he was like the new Dylan McKay, or even like the, he was the Fonz of my generation. Oh wow! Yeah. You know, and he's in a band, so that's right. That's crazy. Yeah, and he was like like every girl in my high school was like Jordan Catalano, Jordan Catalano, <laughs> and who would have thought like a he would not have aged because he hasn't, uh -huh. and b. Uh, kind of matured into this like uh, this this versatile and eclectic artist. Oh yeah, and he's not just like a good looking. He is a good looking, but he's not just a good looking dude. That's an actor. He's like a he's like an Oscar winning actor. Right. He's a real talent. Dallas Buyers Club. He 
He's yeah. so good in that. He's shown his versatility yeah. time and time again. Yeah. It's amazing. He'll, he'll be around for the duration. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's cool, man. That's a yeah, cool so song. Yeah, you said some other things to him, didn't you? <laughs> well, it was just... I, I, I was so starstruck, I didn't know how to so, react. And wait, were you, like, hanging on... Well, I found a spot where I was able to kind of let go and stand oh, okay. up. okay. Because I thought you were just like... Hey. Is that like up in his arm <laughs> or like on his back? What's up? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can just lay it on. But he was still climbing towards me. Oh, okay. And so I was like, I, I, we made eye contact and he knew that I recognized him. I was just like, oh my God. I was like, what's up, Jared? And he's like, hey, man. And I just instinctually hey, like reached out a, like for a handshake. Yeah. And then out loud, I was like, I'm sorry, we're climbing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, I was like, I love the shit out of you, man. <laughs> nice. And uh, and then I know that he just recently uh, finished filming this show called or this movie called Morbius. Right. Um, the which new is, Spider-Man villain thing. Yeah, and so I just was like, dude, I'm really looking forward to seeing Morbius. What uh, is Morbius? He's like a he's vampire a, Marvel character. Yeah, he's a Spider-Man villain. So you know how Spider-Man or they made Venom, but it's its own movie. Yeah, they're making a uh, Morpheus is what it's called. Morbius, sorry, yeah. is what it's called, and he's a vampire. <laughs> wow, that's amazing that he, he's uh, crossing the streams between DC and Marvel. Right. Mm. I'm sure people have done that. I, if I rack my brain, I could I could figure it out. Yeah. Well, now that I think about it, like you would think that like DC would have him under contract. Like you can't you can't work with. I like, think that's, that's I think they have no idea what they're doing. At the end <laughs> oh, for real. <laughs> I, 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 even the fact that like I do support Robert Pattinson as Batman. I mean, there are other slightly older, better choices. Yeah. But you're always gonna have that debate. Yeah, I think they should just like lie low for like ten years and let it let it just kind of fall off into the ether and then completely revamp it. Like, yeah, don't make any more Aquaman movies, even if it was good. Don't make any more Wonder Woman movies, even if yeah. it was good. Because you know what you're doing, confusing children. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what your audience. Yeah, like like you're confusing children. Yeah, and that's that's what's gonna keep comic books alive. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, well, I'm wondering, like, if and when the audience is just gonna get tired of superhero movies, you know? Like, it's been just so... I do uh, so saturated. It, you're correct, but, again, I'm a little older than you guys, and it was every once in a while they did a superhero movie when I was between 1 and 15, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now it's so frequent. I think that it's cool that they do a lot, and then something like Thor Ragnarok comes out. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, literally, they nailed it. Oh, yeah. Like, I Superman, when I, the, the Christopher Reeve Superman, yeah. were funny. <laughs> More than anything else, they were funny uh -huh. and cheeky, but also extremely dramatic at times and accurate. Yeah. And DC was, you know, Christopher Nolan did a wonderful job. If Heath Ledger didn't die, mm -hmm. the whole world would have changed. Yeah. It, 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 we could go on about this for a while, mm -hmm. but if Heath Ledger didn't die, they would have done the third sequel, it would have fallen in line with the original intention for those movies and the universe on the whole, mm -hmm. but they had to reinvent the direction of everything, bring Bane yeah. in, and... Um, and it in a and basically not land the ship the way that Christopher Nolan had intended. Yeah, which threw everything down the drain. Mm -hmm. and Zack Snyder got his 
he did a great job with 300, and he did mm -hmm. a great job with The Watchmen. Yeah. Watchmen. Watchmen's incredible. It's a masterpiece, yeah. right? I don't even know why they're making a series on HBO. I'm sure it's going to be entertaining, and the cast is interesting. Mm -hmm. But the movie's perfect in my eyes. Yeah. yeah. You know? I love it. I love it. I think he got his smoke blowing up his ass, and he's like, this is, all right, I'm going to take what Christopher Nolan did. I'm going to make visually accurate stories yeah. in relation to the comics themselves, but completely go out in left field in terms of storytelling. Yeah. Um, and so he, he needed to go away, too. Yeah. And so here we yeah. are, uh, to bring this conversation full circle real quick, at a place where there's so many different comic book movies the amount is great, I think, because through the amount of them, like I said, you get a Ragnarok. Yeah, and and I think that's that's where we should we should stay around there. And yeah. Shazam was kind of cool too. Oh yeah. yeah, I love Shazam. Yeah, I, I cried. That actually. was great, yeah. especially that ending. You seen it? Yeah, yeah okay, for sure. That yeah. ending was fantastic. Yeah, they they just nailed the tone in those films, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I but like sorry we're, we're like kind of jumping around but i love this it's talking about it. we're chilling but i feel like with thor why i think marvel is doing a better job is like they had the first thor which did wasn't received very well still made a lot of money of course but <laughs> but then they had the thor sequel which still made a lot of a lot of money but like still wasn't and so instead of like just beating a dead horse which i feel like you know uh warner brothers is doing they were at least like, we got to change something because this character is not resonating with the audience. He's like super dramatic. He's like a god from another planet. We need to bring him down to like the human level. And then, yeah, we got a Thor Ragnarok because at least they were willing to like make or take a risk and like, and I don't know, maybe Warner Brothers is taking too many risks <laughs> or, or maybe they're not taking enough risks. They were, I don't know. They, you know, like Coke and Pepsi, right? Mm -hmm. Coke is marketed, marketed much differently and much better and it's more visible pepsi is actually a pretty cool soda mm -hmm. okay <laughs> but coke is you know superior in terms of the public eye and it's act and diet coke is one of my favorite things only because my ex-girlfriend wouldn't let me drink it and when we broke up <laughs> i just decided to drink all of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so every time i drink a diet coke i hear a whisper in my head that says fuck you <laughs> <laughs> um but uh that's you know if we're looking if we're comparing these things it's yeah. like they're coke and pepsi yeah um Coke just is marketed better, has a better team behind it, uh, and that's Marvel. Okay, yeah. and DC was going in the right and DC was going in the right direction, but they were trying to expedite putting all these characters together to make their own Avengers slash mm -hmm. Justice League, right? And they expedited it; didn't get America, the world's heart, attached to the characters. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like he was a fat, fantastic Superman. The movie wasn't a fantastic Superman. Mm -hmm. You know, he was on the money and he did his job. I'm yeah. gonna support him as Superman. Yeah. But the the movie was lackluster. The preview was better than the movie, mm -hmm. and the preview was amazing. Um, and then there were it was it was too long. You, we couldn't get our hearts attached to the characters. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, we're gonna put all the characters together real quick and uh, a subpar, pretty decent. Batman, which was Ben Affleck, I'll give him credit. He did an okay job yeah, too. He, was all he really right. did. Alfred wasn't that good, and he's a fantastic <laughs> actor. They should have written Alfred better. They should have written the movies better. Yeah, like get your shit together. You got all that money, all mm -hmm. those college Ivy League educated businessmen that are being held up by these artists that are getting paid millions and millions of dollars mm -hmm. to make these films that hopefully the world will love. Emphasis on the word hopefully. Like, listen, you can really 
harness your power if you just focus on quality. Mm -hmm. Bring a couple of 15-year-old boys and girls in there to be like, yeah, we don't get this. Mm -hmm. We yeah. don't get this, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and, and figure it out. So, or bring Christopher Nolan back in and, and to make an announcement like, pretend the last 10 years didn't happen. I'm getting back in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm jumping back in. And this is where we could have kept on going. Yeah. Honestly, though, what could happen should happen. And, and, and if someone who has powers listening to this is this. There's a book called The Dark Knight Returns or The Dark Knight Rises where Batman's an old man, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and years later in Gotham City's, you know, being torn to shreds by yeah. all these different heathens. Bring Michael Keaton back to be that Batman. Oh, yeah. Okay, Ooh. bring Michael Keaton back to be that Batman. Put a little meat on his bones. <laughs> be that Batman again. And then you know let's bring a Nightwing in, and yeah. and then wow. let's 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 start from scratch in the future. Yeah. So we can just jump to the future, bring the Batman back that worked. So uh, Michael Keaton was a fantastic Batman. Mm -hmm. Christian Bale was a better Bruce Wayne, I believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. They both had elements that were good on either end. I support them both. Yeah. Because one was grounded in reality and one was grounded in comics. Mm -hmm. But if we bring Michael Keaton back to somehow be that older Batman. And reintroduce the universe from the future. Mm -hmm. I think we can start from scratch and really reinvest. Yeah. Or we can, you know, do the movie that Ben Affleck was supposed to do with Robert Pattinson. <laughs> which, makes it come, which, come, which, come on, like, just, like, relax. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm going on a rant. No, this is fine. This is what we no, talk about, man. Ho Hollywood thinks they have to keep going younger and younger. Yeah. But I like the idea of the old greedy. I mean, Logan is a good example of, like... Logan's a great movie! Yeah, yeah that's great. It Who directed worked. Logan? And what is he doing next? I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's, a great, that's a great movie. And you know what? For Hugh Jackman, like, from where Wolverine started mm. to where it's gone, right. like, I'll give you credit for being brave enough to make that film. Yeah, yeah, you know, like oh, yeah. well, that's just it that's just showed a, yeah. like uh, producers and executives like you can make an R-rated superhero film. It's okay. You yeah. don't have to market it just to kids. Like they'll people are gonna love it. And honestly, there's certain superheroes that, in order to tell their stories properly, you have to do that. I mean, I thought Venom had to be rated R. Like that was kind of its downfall, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Deadpool was rated R. Yeah, Deadpool's great. Exactly. But also, you walk into a comic book store, right? There are four or five different Batman lines. There mm -hmm. are four or five Superman lines. <laughs> there were four or five Spider-Man lines. They're all like there are like which is why Spider-Verse was the best movie of last Love year. That was the best movie of 2018. Hands yeah. down, no question. Dead on balls accurate. Like <laughs> it, it was it just really was. It, so it, fun. It, oh. And it brought like actual science to it in a yeah. way that was like Awesome and kids could understand. Yeah, um, and it was it, it was completely done like in an without sounding too white in an urban way <laughs> with like you know like you're wearing a t-shirt with Biggie on it like there was Biggie in there. It took place in Brooklyn and it made complete sense and it had a lot of heart and it was it was a gangster movie. <laughs> yeah, you know? like guys, we should probably see who we're talking to. Yeah, you guys are probably like, who is this other person? Um, this is, uh, they reached out to us, and we're so glad that you're here. This yeah. is a comedian, musician, uh, Matt McManus. Let's give him a round of applause, audience. audience. Thank you. Yo, 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 yo. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited to have him on the show. Seems like a really fun <laughs> dude. And at least you talk, because we've had some guests where, like, 
They'll sit there and wait until we ask them a question, or they'll sit there and wait, which I mean, to be fair, we're interviewing you, so hey, if that's what you want to do, but please interject. That makes our jobs a lot easier. <laughs> so, so like I said, Matt's uh, publicist reached out to us, and we were just so flattered. You guys yeah. are the first people that actually reach out to us, other than yeah. our own friends, that were like, hey, yeah, can we come friends. on the show? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're flattered, and we looked yeah. into you, and, man, we, uh, I, I really enjoyed your stuff. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you seem like just a easygoing, like, easy-to-talk-to person, so I was like, this, I think this is going to work out great. So No, honestly, uh, yeah, my publicist reached out to me and said, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's set you up with these guys, and I was like, sure. And I, I looked you guys up, and uh, you guys were both... Uh, moderately attractive men <laughs> and so I, you know i figured we could we could have <laughs> a, fun, a fun sunday morning there you go, right? in, studio, in studio city california yes. which is not far from van nuys california where porn was invented yep there you go <laughs> shout out to sylvia sage there you go right oh my god um, do you guys ever gravitate to like a specific porn star of like when you were in college you're like oh man i gotta keep you that, that's kind of my 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 secret yeah no i it's funny i always make the joke that like so obviously van nuys is like the porn capital or i guess you know around here is the porn capital and then we're from utah which is actually statistically the number one consumption of porn <laughs> for real for real yeah so there are eight like, million people in New York City. Plus, <laughs> I guess that's true. I, I wonder what what. I well, mean, that's just what I, time, told. I guess they don't have time to jerk off in New York City. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Utah's got some interesting I numbers. Off, I haven't jerked off since I moved to New York. Man, you've been living in New York for twenty five years. Yeah, yeah man, my dick's lonely. <laughs> yeah, I just forgot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So tell us a little bit about just like you know the basic questions like. Where are you from? Like, how long have you, you mentioned you've lived in New York for a while? Sure, um, yeah. yeah. I'll give you the, I'll give you the, the, the brief synopsis I'm from. Yeah. Uh, I'm from a little town called East Islip, New York, Ooh. which is on the center of the fish-shaped island called Long Island, on the Ooh. south shore facing the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was born there uh, seven weeks premature. Oh. Uh, I have a twin sister. She came out perfect. <laughs> and I was like the runt of the litter that had to stay in an incubator and finish up growing for, oh, for three months. I had oh. completely crossed eyes until I was five, one of which is still a little lazy. Oh. Three months in an incubator. Yeah. My oh. dad would sneak in like a boombox and he would play Bob Marley and Led Zeppelin for me <laughs> in, the, in the intensive yes. care unit. That's awesome. And eventually I got to go home and I was introduced to two things at the same time that I love very much. Uh -huh. Boobs and food. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about them all day. <laughs> Every day. It's not my fault. <laughs> and my dad worked on my dad worked on Wall Street in like the heyday wow. of Wall Street. Um, and uh, he did a lot of cocaine. Oh. And um, Oh, he lived that Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, life. he lived that life. And he's actually a wonderful guy. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but he's a, he's a real silly guy. Speaking of like stars and stuff like that, he worked on Wall Street and like Tom Hanks made a couple of like Wall Street movies like yeah. in the 80s and my dad was like the guy who trained him on Wall Whoa. Street oh, and wow. like they would go out at night and like apparently like you know kind of have some fun in New York City and stuff like that <laughs> oh, my dad geez. yeah my dad's the kind of guy that like um, walks into a room and, and, and the room lights up and oh, he inspired okay. me at a very young age to use the skill that my, my family member uh, let's even bring like so I'm a humorist I'm a comedian and a writer mm -hmm. my grandfather Phil McManus when you go to like Wall Street businesses, you know how they have like uh, stock tickers? Yeah. Right, like, right. So what 
he started, when he died years and years ago, my grandfather, they took an article out in the Wall Street Journal that's, that thanked Phil McManus because what happened is when a national tragedy takes place or something of national vernacular takes place, most of the jokes that you hear come from bankers in Wall Street. Hmm. So, and, and they would tell jokes inside the companies and they'd go from ticker to ticker to ticker. Mm -hmm. And then all the men and women that worked there would tell these jokes and then they would go out to like the homes in their suburbs and then the suburbs would bring the jokes nationally. Huh. My grandfather started the act of starting jokes on Wall Street that would go into all the companies and then out to America. Oh, and so when he died, they took an ad out in the Wall Street Journal about this, the connection or correlation to finance and humor. Oh, and so, so that, so humor's always kind of been a part of my family. And I'm, I remember I was at a, at my grandfather's funeral years ago and some banker came up to me and he was like, you're the one who's like trying to make it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's like someone, thank God, someone in your family's like out there trying to oh, do wow. something. So I'm just kind of an absurdist that is a humorist. I did sketch comedy in New York for 10 years. Um, I moved here almost 10 years ago uh, with like $400, a bunch of question marks in my pocket, looking to turn them into explanation points. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, um, and yeah. Bef yeah, before you guys, like before we turned like, the mics on, like you guys were talking about like pitching TV shows and stuff yeah. like that. And like I moved here under the moniker like I was going to be an actor because I didn't really know what else I could do or should do or like would end up doing yeah. and I can act and have acted and I've been hired to act but I'm not really an actor I just have I'm a storyteller mm. and I love stories and I think what a lot of people in Los Angeles like don't want to admit is that like they're not an actor but the thing is they moved here because when you walk out of a movie sometimes and it's such a, an empowering experience you feel that feeling in your chest you're like i want to be a part of that mm -hmm. and like they think in my head i'm an actor i'm an actor i want to tell that story well here's the thing a key grip tells a story yeah mm -hmm. a makeup artist tells a story a costumer tells a story obviously writers tell stories mm -hmm. stories don't have to be movies they could be sketches mm -hmm. stories don't have to be uh, uh tv shows they could be commercials yeah. stories don't have to be commercials they could be podcasts yeah so like we're all here because we're in love with the fact that dreams exist and that Boom. stories are real. Boom. And so that's why LA is so beautiful. And, and I think like people like, you hear people like talk about, oh, I didn't get that commercial that I wanted. And that sucks. I know you wanted it. I know you wanted to pay off your student loans and whatnot. <laughs> None of that's important. Like the important part is like, there's a little boy or girl somewhere in Utah or Long Island that's waiting mm -hmm. for that one piece of art to change their life. Yeah. And so that's and that's and that's why we're here. Yeah, dude, for sure. That's beautiful. Yeah, wow. I feel like I'm at church, man. You know what I'm saying? I was like, Hallelujah. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. So I arrived at comedy, and okay. I and I've done it on. Uh, Where did you do sketch in uh, New York? I was in a comedy group called Basket Case, right. which was uh, I met these young, funny, and aggressively talented kids in college, and we started this group, and we to New York together after graduation. Okay. And we performed all over uh, that city in some of the, the, you were very young. 
And we were okay. very, very, very aggressive, and we performed all over the city, and then we performed in like Chicago at the Sketch Festival, and one by one, everyone moved out here. Okay. And I stayed in New York because I loved New York, and I started taking original characters that I had created into the street before people were making like street prank videos, like in the infancy of YouTube. And I created this character by the name of the Chad, which was basically <laughs> the King of Bros. The uh, Chad. Not just Chad. Yeah. And I went to the American Idol auditions in New Jersey. And as this character, and it's on YouTube, you can go on YouTube and like, it's like some, literally they look like they were the first videos on YouTube, but oh it got gosh. like millions and millions of hits, like in like a very quick period of time. Awesome. And so I recorded 98 different videos as this character and it got a lot of fans and I realized, holy shit, like my fear of large groups of people kind, which I had from a young age because yeah. I was obese, because I had crossed eyes, because I had, my mom cut my own hair, because my parents were coke addicts. Um, <laughs> and, uh... I was so scared of people that I developed a defense mechanism that whenever I was around a large group of people, I would disappear. Huh. And this thing would happen where I would become a character. And I, you know, a filmmaker saw me doing it with no cameras and, and welcomed like taking me to places and just filming me. Huh. And so that's how that art form started for me. And I moved to Los Angeles and a company out of New York, ironically, gave me money to make my first web series called um, McMahem, hmm. which is a play on my last name, McManus. Yeah. It was, um, they had a deal with YouTube. They financed a 24-episode web series of me just doing random things like, you know, that I started a couple of things, and I don't do this. I don't, like, try and, like, claim that I started something that frequently, but, like, there's a bit where people, like, touch other people's hands on escalators. Yes. I started oh, yeah. that whole revolution. Oh, years, shit. Years and years and years. You got years. the hand-touching escalator guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, I had a hand up and a leg up on everybody. <laughs> um, and there was a video of a rabbi almost trying to fight me because of it from the Beverly Center. So I made oh, all these God. videos. And then... Like I started getting writing gigs, cool on television, and that turned into like Marlon Wayans, the one of the guys who started in Living Color, mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. contacting me about being on a um, a comedy competition series on TBS called Funniest Wins. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I was on the day. Uh, Four thousand comedians were interviewed. They picked ten to compete against one another, of which I was a finalist. Another one was uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, wow. that's crazy. Yeah, and so it was, that was a crazy summer. And then that kind of turned into like other little things here and there. Um, and there's a lot of like other little tiny stories in there that kind of add up to the greater the greater picture here. But I'm still here in LA 10 years later. I'm a dad. I'm a nice. single dad. Uh, I have a five-year-old son who's my world and also the funniest guy. And what I do with him is something that I, I, I cherish, which is I use these things that I do in the street with him now. Uh -huh. like, like Hollywood has pools that like hot, hot girls and dudes like wait to get in line for every hot day in the summer. Uh -huh. And I have him run past security and I, ran, I chase after him like a confused father. <laughs> oh, nice. And then we jump right into the pool and like all of the hot servers know us and like <laughs> bring us like free drinks and stuff. And they open us like... Like the cute blonde-headed, blue-eyed <laughs> dude who who shows up with his son, and I just swim all afternoon. So like I don't know, I'm just kind of I'm a living piece of art, and I, <laughs> and, and I really I consider this place to be a very wonderful place to be if you just think of yourself as that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you said you seem like you're just always trying to think outside the box. Like you're just trying to come up with new ideas and like what hasn't been done yet, and you're just not afraid to go out and do it. And uh, I think that's a good message to people is just 
uh, execute. Like, we, if you have an idea, there's so many people out here with ideas, and they just don't act on it. And it just seems yeah. like when you come up with an idea, you just do it. And... I, I did that thing with Chad um, over 10 years ago, dudes, right? And mm -hmm. I was hired on a television show two years ago because of one of those videos. So, like, I'm, I didn't get paid to make any of those videos way back when, mm -hmm. right? I didn't. Not a cent. Yeah. And, uh, ten, you know, eight years later, it's living on the internet, and it, those seeds were planted, and someone stumbled upon it and hired me to do it here. Mm -hmm. No, you could, like, I hear people being like, I don't want to film this movie for free. I don't want to work with these um these, these young film students and, 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 and make this thing that they want to make for free that I, they, I found on the internet. I made videos with this kid, my, this boy, man now, Mike Carnally, years ago, who's now Seth Meyers' main video guy, writes all of his sketches and everything. I, I made maybe 10 different funny videos with this guy, helped him out, and I loved every minute of it. And now he's married to the former head of Saturday Night Live, wow. Sarah Schneider, who uh, also has that new TV show on Comedy Central um, about the little boy, the other two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the and like, so I'm just saying, like, who? It's, I'm not saying I'm not trying to name drop here. What no, I'm trying sure. to say is, like, time will prove who matters. Yeah. And and by matters, I mean stays true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like we kind of talk about this a little bit, but I think like people kind of either move here or whatever, and they think things are just gonna happen or. I'm gonna get paid before I've proven what I can do. Mm -hmm. And that's just not how, that's not how, even outside the industry, that's just not how it works. Like you can't really get a job unless you have experience. Correct. And so like, you know, I think the reason why they hired you for that show is they're like, oh, here's proof of what he can do. And like you did, like you mentioned, you didn't get paid to do that. You just, you made stuff prior. I don't know, I, 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 I kind of, we, we kind of like, talk about this a bunch but i just i have met so many and no offense i love you all who are listening but sometimes there's some of you that <laughs> hit me up and and you're and, and you know they're kind of hoping for um advice and stuff but they don't really seem to take it because i never see them make something you know like that's my biggest thing of advice but then they just they don't make anything yeah you know a lot of people believe that what they've done is enough. And mm -hmm. I, 10 years ago, I was full of my ego and full of myself. I was like, oh, man, I worked so hard. I moved to Los Angeles and I got I accomplished a lot of things. It took some people 10 years to accomplish because I was hustling really hard. And then I realized that I wasn't I was I wasn't doing what I, I wanted with actual purpose that wasn't connected to why I was here. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff that I'm doing now because I, I took like a two-year break from Hollywood because I had a kid, you know? Yeah. And because I was I went through a breakup and then I re kind of rebranded, rebuilt my life. And I realized that my purpose was to literally for like young adults and children. A lot of the content that I always made were for younger people because mm -hmm. I'm kind of still 13 in my head. <laughs> sure. You know? And that's kind of my fan base. And so like I'm doing this one-man show right now called Problem Child, which is about my childhood, about a little boy who turns his problems into superpowers okay and the album that i released under the same t title problem child which okay. is on all the streaming platforms uh, check and, it out and my rap name is hashtag mcm okay nice um, <laughs> but you could just google matt mcmanus problem child and the album will come up on spotify okay, cool and it's a it's a concept album it's only six it's an ep really but six songs and it's a journey of a little boy who learns to turn his problems 
via his, the things he was going through as a child in his family, things he was going through personally at school, things that were going on in his head, emotional stuff, and his journey to turn all of those problems into superpowers, hmm. so to speak. And so I turned that album into a live show. I just did f four nights four nights uh, in the last month. I have one more next Thursday in the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Awesome. Um, and where are at? Let's hit it. We're, we're... I was at the Studio Stage Theater on Western Boulevard. Cool. This Thursday, what time? At uh, 8.30. Cool. Because this will be out tomorrow probably. So yeah. We'll, we'll make sure. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Come on through. And I'd you guys, that. if you'd like to come, I, I could comp your tickets. Oh, and sweet. Come on for goddamn free. <laughs> hey. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and I'd love to have you there. But cool. it's... it's uh, I realized that, like, I watched a movie called Mrs. Doubtfire when I was, like, uh, a little boy while my parents were getting divorced. And that movie's about divorce. Yeah. And it showed me that you could make light or see the silver lining or kind of journey through a painful moment as a child or as an adult with, with humor attached to it. You know, that's what Robin Williams did for me. That's when I yeah. fell in love with Robin Williams. And so I w always wanted to do something like that. I didn't know that's what I wanted to do specifically, but I knew that, like, I needed to grow up and provide content that would aid in the human condition in an absurd and crazy way. Mm. So all those street videos I do, all that stuff that I, I've done on stage, most of it is it's really not malicious. It might be fucking absurd and annoying. <laughs> But it's really, it's not malicious. Yeah. It's not meant to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. What it's meant to do is just alleviate someone's day and give them maybe a, ta a little bit of insight into into what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, into what I'm doing. And then, you know, maybe a couple of morsels of, 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 of help. But at the end of the day, I'm like I said, I'm an absurdist. You know, anything can and will happen. Uh, I was raised Catholic, but I've created my own religion, and it's called the cartoon, because in a cartoon, anything can and will happen. An <laughs> anvil can drop from the sky and land on your best friend. Right? <laughs> so just, just, just accept the fact that you're living inside a cartoon. Anything can and will happen, and there are other characters in that cartoon. Some are good, some are bad, but at mm -hmm. the end of the day, the episode's going to end, mm -hmm. and a new one's going to start tomorrow, Yeah, and the possibilities are endless, and that's the cartoon of Los Angeles, which is why the name of your podcast is so fitting for everything that I'm saying, <laughs> and I'm a genius, and my brain is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest, you know what I mean? <laughs> And yeah. humble, <laughs> guys. I'm an idiot. I'm told, don't paint up. But my, I, I will say this though: you're not going to see it. My hair is fucking awesome. It's great. I, yeah, I will I'm, say, I've been of... building it for, for thirty plus years. <laughs> my hair is 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 perfect. It's great. It's Chicks very good. It. I'm I'm working on mine right now. You got a great um, beard, man. Thank you. I can't do that. And you got yeah. a great beard too. Yeah. Oh, it's it's you know, <laughs> I got to keep it at a short length or it gets really weird. So. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by our beard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm curious, how did you get from uh, your acting and the comedy into music? Good, how did, uh, that transition. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with street culture. When I was a teenager, I started skateboarding, and I spent a lot of time in the streets writing graffiti and oh, listening, cool. to, listening to hip-hop <laughs> music. And I was a, a DJ. I DJed like, uh, house music uh, many, many years ago. I was going into New York City and surrounded by this culture. And the more that I heard beats, 
the more I, the more I started to freestyle, mm. and I, I was I would freestyle with, with my friends, and I would impress people. I just thought it was something fun to do at parties. Yeah, I recorded a song with a rapper by the name of Sky Zoo, who's not known by the masses that much, but he this was years I was must have been eighteen. He's regarded as one of the best lyricists from New York City, oh. amongst other like big rappers. And his uh, producer was like, man, you're pretty good. And I let it lie. I didn't record anything for like 10 years. And then when I moved here, I released a, an EP under my old moniker, which was Pervy Slick, which was my childhood <laughs> nickname. Okay. I took Pervy most Slick. of the album off of SoundCloud because going back and listening to it, I sounded horrible. Oh. But, but I'll, I, I'll let you guys hear it if you want. But yeah. Four years ago, I, no, I'm sorry, three years ago, I met this guy at a bodega in, when I was living on my friend's couch that produced hip-hop music, and I, he was like, you can rap? And I said, yeah, and I went to his studio and just started recording these songs one on one by one, and I, re I realized, oh, I have something to say. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not trying to be Macklemore, even though I look slightly <laughs> like him, but also more handsome than him, <laughs> with more hair. Um, and I'm from not that far from where hip hop was created, uh -huh. which gives me just a little bit more street cred. <laughs> I rap on beat more than that. Uh, Shots fired, man. But no, I respect him big time. Uh -huh. um, uh, and I just, the, the, I realized that I had something to say. That's and, awesome. and and that, that that's basically it, and I and I'm and I'm really thankful that that uh, a a stage director heard the music and was like, I think we need to turn these songs into a live show, hmm. which is what this live show is that I'm doing. Right oh, cool! Now. Mm -hmm. um, so it's storytelling um, mixed in with with these songs oh, from cool. from the album, and um, I've kind of just been following this trajectory. There are really funny elements to the story. There are some real tragic elements to the story, and. Um, I feel like I've been waiting to tell this story for a very long time. This is my Mrs. Doubtfire, that thing that I decided yeah. that I needed to do a very long yeah. time ago. And when it's over this Thursday, I don't know what I'm going to do next because I've put like the last like year into the both the music and then also this show. Yeah. And so it's taken a lot of time, energy, um, uh, and, and, and just you know grunt, grunt work to, to finish it. And I'm I'm gonna take like a month, recalibrate, and kind of figure out where I stand artistically and what needs to happen next with me, the world, and even just professionally. So hmm. like you guys, you guys are catching me at the end of like a wave. Mm, okay. Like I've okay. been, I have been like from a personal shift in 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 life with like a breakup and having a child and kind of like re reinventing myself as an artist and as an individual, as a man, as a voice. Yeah. And so the voice has been saying some pretty deep and awesome things for a bit now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to like pump the brakes, sit down on Friday, probably get out of town for a couple of days and just kind of figure out what's next. Yeah. So you're, ca you're catching me at like the end of uh, a book, so to speak. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So then we're going to have the chapter have to... of a book. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. we'll have to have you come back when you start revamping and we'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll be cool to kind of see the, the progression and stuff. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask, uh, cause you talked about rap and stuff. Like, are you a fan of rap? Like what uh, yeah, are some I know, of your influences? Yeah, I am a huge fan of rap. Okay. What are some of who are some of your influences? Like who's some of your favorite rappers? Sure. Um, 
It started with him. I, I was 14 when Ready to Die came out. Oh, it's like oh, Sean? Sean was your... Sean was your... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sean, you, you've heard my stuff? <laughs> I, I, I have heard your stuff. Hanging outside your shower. <laughs> okay, cool. And, and man, you got, gr- you got great tone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. I heard Ready to Die when I was 14 years old from the Notorious B.I.G. Oh, my God. And I had heard rap music before, but it was the first time that a story was so compelling and, and thought out and well done as uh, an MC. And it was, and the way he rapped obviously was very entertaining as well in terms of just like his flow mm-hmm. yeah. and how it changed. And I was like, oh wow, you could actually tell stories, thought out stories with that. And then I, you know, I did my research. I got into Nas and Big L, and I got into mm. like the different boroughs of New York and who came from where. KRS, KRS One, absolutely. <laughs> I, I saw KRS One in Washington Square Park in 1995. Oh, wow. um, cool. right in his like height. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was when that album came out. I forget what it's called, but it exactly like they don't know. That's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite Step Into Our World was on that album, yeah. and um, just being in New York City as a teenager. Yeah, when pot was so illegal that you could get locked up for like ten years for having a dime bag in your pocket. Wow, Ima- Ima- imagine that. You yeah, know? for real. Um, the 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 climate back then was just still like you couldn't go to Times Square with money in your pocket. You couldn't, right. you know, you really couldn't look at people in the eyes on the street. Mm. Uh, it, th- that's what it was like in New York City. Now it's Disney World, and and that's <laughs> yeah. and and that's uh, that's good that it's safer. Yeah, but there was a level of grime and grit to it that was um, articulated with rap music perfectly. Yeah, and as a white man. Um, I'm and I and I'm saying this with full knowledge that I'm still very much an outsider in the culture. I'm an I'm an observer and 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 fascinated person in terms of the culture. I'm a visitor in the mm-hmm. culture. The culture comes from 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 black culture from the inner city. From yeah. People that were that have str- that struggled long enough to fight through those struggles to to be able to party about it and make music about it at block parties and then ultimately record the music at some point and turn it into the biggest pop culture phenomenon. Ever, yeah. So I, I understand that I, I am an outsider, and and I and and I'm I definitely tread lightly in saying that I'm a rapper because I, I think that white people are allowed to rap, and there are fantastic white rappers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But they all need to understand that, like, you are you're st- you're not on the stage. You're still like watching the stage. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to understand where it comes from and, and just uh, have that reverence and respect for it. So Absol- yeah. a- Absolutely. And I'll always be a fan of it. And even today, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff I don't necessarily understand or even get, like, and, <laughs> and uh, because I'm getting old and I understand that. But you. I also understand that the drugs changed. Like, people mm. went from smoking pot and taking ecstasy and listening to rap music to drinking stuff that has codeine in it, which slows your brain down, which means you slow your words, which means you have to rap slower, which <laughs> means you can only understand words slower. So we went from a place where you were appreciated and respected for the amount of syllables you could fit in a stanza and what those syllables meant and if you can keep a story moving forward. That's mm. how rap music and rappers were respected mm-hmm. from day one until maybe four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then, and then now you're respected or just glorified by the less amount of words that you can say that don't even actually rhyme that don't connect to one another which is crazy to me but the attention span of the american youth has shifted and so you so you have to just kind of follow that and you someone i didn't say this but you're we're rap music is in its hair metal phase Mm -hmm. Mm. that's where it's that's that's where it's at right now interesting well it's just um now it's just like 
a feeling. They're just trying to like capture this this mood mm-hmm. of just like chilling or like party music. Or but even just emotional stuff. So like Juice World, for example, that's an emotional guy. If you listen to him, oh, most of his songs are real emo. Like mm. you take the drum beats out, you take the synthesizers out, and you put guitars in, and like that's like the Get Up Kids, which is like <laughs> or like Jimmy Eat World or, mm-hmm. or 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 the Juliana. These are old emo bands, but like <laughs> these are like bands that like. The reason punk rock and hardcore music and pop punk music turned into emo music in the early 2000s is because that music was prior to it was so aggressive and so gritty and so fast that it it needed to have a tipping point. It needed Mm. to get more melodic. It needed to become something different. And that's what I believe is going on right now. Like raps, rappers are not afraid to get emotional. Yeah. Like really emotional. And that's kind of magical. Like there might they might not be saying a lot of words and stanzas with syllables, <laughs> but they're telling the world that like they're pissed off Sandra broke their heart. Mm-hmm. And so I'm okay with that because uh, yeah. sharing your feelings is important and you have less murders when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting point. I hadn't looked at it that way. Personally, I still lean towards the original flows. Ca- you, I understand. You know, and, I, and I agree. Classic hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can call us old school for that, but it's just, in my, in my opinion, it's just more talented. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I guess well, – I guess – if we were, that's hip hop. What what, what yeah. I was just talking about, like yeah, on the radio, it's considered hip hop, but it's not. It's like emo smooth R and B. Interesting. You know, it's not hip hop. You know, you're right. Hip hop is hip hop. You know. I I recently uh, got into this guy who's still very small, has like virtually no following, uh, but he's super underrated. His name's Jarv, and I'm gonna have to show you show him to Jarv, you because yeah, yeah cool. I think you would love him. He he. Uh, he even says in one of his songs, he's like, some people say my style is old school. I say my style is classic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but he's, his flow is insane, and his beats are just, they're not like overproduced. They're just like a simple beat. Boom, bap, it, rap. Yeah. yeah. There's a kid out of Brooklyn, and you guys have to look him up. His name is Lil D. His name Lil on Instagram D. is Lil D Raps. He's 14 years old. Oh, my gosh. And all of the biggest rappers highly respect this child. And, and he's a child, guys. He's 14. Jeez. And he's... I will never be as good as this guy. Wow. And he's 14. Lil D Rap. I think I'm going to have to look this up. Just yeah. People just get it. <laughs> Freestyles every day. He, well, the reality is whoever his parents are were geniuses. And being like, listen to this. Because he references like rap music that from my era. And he's 14. Like music that, unless someone sat him down or like, like homework, listen to this and understand it. Yeah. Like he's high, he's gonna be he he will emerge as one of the best rappers of all time. He's fourteen years old. That's insane. Yeah. Shout out to Lil D. I thought you were about to say Lil Dicky, but that's a whole. Well, I like Lil Dicky too, man. Lil Dicky, t- Lil Dicky, he found his lane. Yeah. You know? As a comedian, you know, you got to respect like what he was able to do in that sense. So yeah, for real. Um, what else you got here? Um, what's uh okay? So you do comedy. What are some of your comedic influences? Uh, well, Robin Williams, for sure. Andy Kaufman. Mm, um, I love Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Awesome. Not and- enough people talk about Andy Kaufman. I thought, I would think, sorry, I was just thinking about this the other day really quick. Is sure. that I thought, I always thought as we're getting further along that Andy Kaufman would get more and more popular. And like, I know that like Jim Carrey just came, or well, they just released another documentary about, um, Man on the Moon. But, like, I don't know. I think it's so crazy that he doesn't get enough credit for, especially kind of stuff you were mentioning, where it's kind of like. Yeah, he it's, it's more art than comedy. Exactly. You yeah. know, it's just, it's thought 
it's thought provoking rather than laugh out loud. Yeah. Um. I mean, he would do compl- all live shows where he would like play the bongos, give the audience cookies and milk. Um. <laughs> he, he would speak complete gibberish for like forty five minutes. He once read The Great Gatsby from cover to cover oh on stage. Yeah. And like you know, and got paid for it. Yeah. You know? Have you seen Man on the Moon, Sean? Oh yeah. Okay. And the, and the documentary. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just like his whole phase of wrestling women, you know, people couldn't understand that. But yeah. <laughs> it was just he was on a different level, you know. And he was young. He was a young man when he died. I did something pretty amazing um, in the movie Man on the Moon. I, I saw that whenever it came out. Uh, he went to a like spiritual center mm-hmm. in Hollywood and mm-hmm. where he, like that became like his sanctuary, you know. Yeah. Uh, not in Hollywood. It's in like East Hollywood. By the Scientology Center, believe it or not. Wow. And uh, I, w- I, I went to get like a breakfast burrito with my son a couple of weeks ago, and I saw the actual center Whoa. on the street. I was like, oh, you know, I've been driving past this thing for years, man. Yeah. Like, I am going to walk in there. You went in there? And I did. And I was, like, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I've been meaning to do this ever since I saw the movie, and I did it, and it was worthwhile. For they me. were welcoming. They were they yeah. Were, oh, cool. And I'm gonna like hang out there every once in a while and volunteer. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, I, that's a whole other conversation we could have. <laughs> spirituality. Yeah. I was raised strict Catholic, but um, I am not Catholic anymore. Uh huh. Um, shout out to not being Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> my mom tried asking me if I went to church um, when I went to my sister's wedding last summer, and I said, "Mom, I'm sorry, I'm not Catholic anymore." And she's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Because if you support Catholicism." You're supporting the universal destruction of childhood. Oh, and man. I, and I was just, and you know, uh, and she's like, Matt, that's only a select few. I'm like, Mom, if the word select was as big as Rome, then you're right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Holy shit. Well, uh, it's, it's interesting with as much that's come out that people are still able to hold on to that. Like, the people who are in, like, in the know and in power in the church obviously don't even believe and if they're if they're willing to go to those lengths to do those terrible things it's like they obviously don't even believe that they're going to heaven or that it exists if they're willing to do that shit so like i don't know i what i think what i think is ridiculous and don't you know i'm not a i'm not a pope or a priest or whatever or it's not the pope but (laughs) i hope it's not the pope um I think is that they do think no matter what they do they're going to go to heaven so that's that's what gives them the excuse Oh I mean, God. I don't know for sure. Holy but. cow. But yeah, see, we come, we pun intended. <laughs> well, I mean, just real quick, I mean, we come from Utah. So, I mean, we got yeah, a lot I'll, of LDS. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are Mormon? Well, we're Mormon. I was raised, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to church in forever. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> so. I mean, I, 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 I've met a ton of Mormons, ex-Mormons, whatever. But I, I, know, I know very little about the religion. I just know that it's a sect of Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kind and of. That, kind and of. that we're... Harder on homosexuality than even Catholics are, which oh, is I didn't know that pretty either. intense. Yeah. Okay. If you ever watch a documentary, imagine the one of the Imagine Dragons uh, members made a documentary on HBO called "Shoot." I should have known this before bringing it up, but it talks about that. It's on HBO. It's a documentary. It's really okay. awesome. I'll, I'll check mm-hmm. it out. But anyway. So, um, what was I? Gonna, what were we talking about? We we're talking about oh, but we, we Andy Kaufman. We Andy went from Kaufman, we went from Andy right. Kaufman. So anyway, Andy Kaufman. Um, was one of my main influences just because he he could do anything and yeah. and people liked it and I was like wow okay I'd like to and that's kind of where I I kind of live inside that possibility because I've been on television as an actor I've been on television and have written my own content as like a prank artist mm-hmm. I'm a rap artist 
I was also on RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. as a drag queen, nice. and I won wow. the episode. I'm the, like, I, I won the episode. My, my name is Fuchsia Luzon. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, and I have a legion of fans from that show. Nice. Um, I, I try and do as many different things as possible so that at the end of the day, if you either read my biography or you just Google me, you're like, what is this guy? Like, what actually is this guy? And I and I think that I, I exist in a space that I don't really want to ever obtain a certain level of fame that I can't hide from. Mm, I, interesting. Like, you know, I want to be able to live in the shadows, kind of like a superhero. Yeah. And just kind of reemerge from time to time and put my stamp on the world. Yeah. And then recalibrate at the end of the wave crashing which is what i'm about to do and figure out what the next move is yeah and and i think that la is a wonderful place to do that now listen is that responsible <laughs> probably not <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things is it is that a responsible way to to be a businessman go about life i don't know but i've done it it's worked out for me so yeah, far exactly and I'm going to keep going and yeah. I'm happy and healthy and like my son is happy and healthy and I have enough money over my to put a roof over my head and food in my mouth and I, and I uh and I have people that love me and a city that embraces my odd my mm-hmm. odd behavior. Yeah. You know, like I'm talking to two young men right now that moved here with a bunch of question marks in their pockets too. Look at I turn them into exclamation points and like that's more inspiring to me than anything because mm. who knows what's going to happen with you guys. But you know what? Yeah. It's fucking cool to not know that because right? whatever it is that we're doing right now could turn into something completely different, bigger, even uh, more inspiring. You never know what's going to We could see, you know, we'll run into each other on a film set years from now. Oh, yeah. You know? That'd be so cool. I think that's an interesting point about kind of what separates people that move to L.A. from people who stay at home is that the unknown for some people, it scares them. But for like for us, it excites us. Mm-hmm. You know, like those unknowns are like what drives us. So some people just they, they, they're not comfortable with the unknown. So it's, ter- it's terrifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's terrifying. But I've had like a couple of Fridays where like I had a busy week and I've accomplished a lot. And I get a phone call that's like, you know what, that thing that you did on Tuesday it's gonna work out, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 gonna it's gonna work out. I went on a meeting to pitch a TV show, uh, called with my old partner, uh, very much like you guys, um, called uh, Career Day, where I try like I show up and do different jobs randomly, like I dress up <laughs> as a busboy and just walk into a restaurant and start bussing tables. Nice. <laughs> wow. And I have video of all of this and, and all that stuff. But we pitched that idea to uh, a production company, and. They liked the idea, but they were in the middle of filming a show a little similar to it. And they were like, can we just hire you to be on our show right now (laughs) in the room? And that was called Chris Webber's Full Court Pranks on True TV. Okay. And I was on True TV for three, four episodes, you know, pranking people because I pitched a TV show that didn't go all the way in the room. Hmm. So you might not get the the TV show that you created with your buddy might not get turned into the TV show that you created with your buddy. Yeah, but it might mean that like you impressed someone in a room enough to hire you to help you pay your rent for the next four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so like, sure. there are sacrificial lambs, mm-hmm. the things that you have to sacrifice or plant in order to get the thing you don't know that's coming to you. Yeah, yeah. That's an, another interesting point. Is like sometimes in life you get what you want, but not in the way you expected it. Right. Correct. Yeah. 
Correct. Instead of being upset about it, be happy about it and just use it to make your next step to whatever cool thing comes next. Listen, man, I was hired on a TV show for a network to do certain things. Hold on, my, my friend is uh, outside. I'm just going to tell him uh, tell him that everything's going well. That I'm not, I'm, you guys aren't killing me. <laughs> right. We can speed yet. along if we need it's to. It's going We're great. Just... These guys aren't going to kill me. <laughs> Comma, we're currently in the shower together. <laughs> Comma, one of these guys has a beard that is soft. <laughs> uh, hold on, one more. I'll let you know when I'm done, and then we can go get a sandwich. There we go. Okay. <laughs> what, you guys want to hear a funny story? Let's hear yeah, it. Of course. That's what we Sorry, want. Guys. No, this, this is great. This, this is what we want. Okay, doing. so anyway, this guy's name is JP. He's my JP. oldest friend in L.A. Okay, shout out to JP. Shout out. He's outside right now. He's, <laughs> a, he's an odd duck and the best honest guy in the world. He's, he's in his 50s, all right? Okay. He could come sit down if you want. <laughs> should I bring JP? If you want. I don't care. Uh, well, uh, let, me t- let me tell you the story about JP. All right, all right, all right. Let's hear the story. <laughs> I mean, it's not that crazy, but um, so I lived in New York. I was in a sketch comedy group. The, bro- the group broke up, and uh, this guy that I lived with was like, "You're moving to LA. You got to stop in Vegas and meet my friend Blake on your way across." So I mm-hmm. met this kid Blake in Vegas. Really nice guy. He's like, "When you go to LA, you got to meet my friend Becca, who runs like a staffing company for people that work in the service industry." Okay. You need a job. Yeah. So on like my third day in LA. Um, I call this girl Becca up and I say, hey, I'm mad. I'm friends with Blake who's friends with Kurt. She's like, oh, I'm glad you're calling. I heard about you. I'm doing a mixer tonight with like people that are looking for jobs and whatnot. It's like a meet and greet and it's like in a restaurant in a, in a hotel. And I was okay. like, all right. So I went out and I met this woman I'd never met before and she's like, oh, you got to meet JP. And the first guy I met in the room was this man named JP who looked like he was 20 years older than me, but me. Like he looks, <laughs> he looks, sounds, act. He's from New Jersey. He's a really odd duck, but he was managing a nightclub. He was, and he said, I gave him my resume, and he was like, do you want to be my assistant general manager? And I was like, okay. Huh? So this was like that night, right? Uh-huh. And, <laughs> I mo- and it was the, the nightclub was 40 yards from the apartment that I was living in in West Hollywood, California. Okay. I started making really decent money working at this thing, and I had to hire a staff of like 30 people that night because they were doing a – uh, a, 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 a rap party for a movie that Cher and Christina Aguilera were in called uh, Burlesque. Oh, and, right. And I hired the staff like off of Craigslist. It was insane. And this became like a really big nightclub slash event space like very quickly. And like I was having like Hollywood meetings during the day at the cafe outside of this nightclub. Like I was like, how is this happening to me right now? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I-, I stepped in shit. But Jim, <laughs> he became like, like my dad out here. Okay. And we would drive, even today, we're driving here. He drove me here. Because we hung out last night after my show, uh, he was like, "This is where I used to live when I was your age, and this is where this girl lives." And like, if you go over here, there was a golf course or a nightclub over here. He's like a historian huh. in L.A. for me, and he was really kind of shep- he shepherded in like uh, a moment of, of of like real certainty in this town. Yeah, and we would go to Malibu and stay at his friends' houses. But he introduced me to this guy who is the head of a PR firm here in Los Angeles five, six years ago that's actually from my hometown, but I didn't know it, who, get, who hooked me up with a publicist who introduced me to my agent and manager, which when I started making these videos, got all of my um, videos written about in publications, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And not only did he like help me out professionally by just introducing me to the right people, 
he helped me out personally by introducing me to the right people. And had oh. I not met him, like I probably wouldn't even be sitting here right now. And we had a falling out for a year because I was going through a, a, a rough patch in my life, and he was like just texting me on like one of those group chains. Uh-huh. And I was like, I take me out of this chain. I don't want to be like I don't want to talk about President Bush anymore. <laughs> and and he took offense to that. Which, but he was really I was just being a bad friend. And then I got cast in a commercial last Christmas, and he's a locations manager and. He was the guy who was low, uh, uh, in charge of the location. And I was like, hey, JP. And he's like, are you the star of this commercial or are you just the background? I'm like, I'm the star, motherfucker. He's like, God, <laughs> God, God, he's like goddamn right. And we hugged it out and we Aww. talked it out. But like, I, and the, the person doing my makeup for the commercial was like, who's that guy? And I'm like, you will, you'll never guess. But like, I literally wouldn't be talking to you right now if it weren't for that man. And, and, and it was because I said yes to meeting a stranger. Yeah. When I first yeah. moved here. And... We're going to go hit golf balls after this. My nice. son's out of town. And I have a best friend that was my show, my chauffeur, not literally, but figuratively in this town around to just make me feel comfortable and just say yes to the people that you should get introduced to when you move here. That's a good there piece of advice. And a lot of them won't amount to much, but you never know when one of them will and it'll change the rest of your life. Yeah. I hear you on that. I've... I've got a couple of friends out here for that good old exact same reason yeah I'm, I'm friends with a 73 year old man fucking, we we walked the vegas strip until three in the morning just drinking and smoking weed and i love that jai is a great character jai can hang we dude, gotta have so. jai on here please let's do that next time yeah we he, talk about him all the time so yeah we have he's like this elusive figure um what do you think? Do we want to get to some so we can you can get some sandwiches soon? Yeah. Or do you have any more questions? Let's we can jump to some segments. Uh, well, there's a there's a couple specific things here. Um, your so your single on your new EP is called mm-hmm. Socks and Sliders. Do you want to talk about that at all? <laughs> yeah, man. Honestly, I was just noticing that like a lot of people were wearing socks and sandals at the same time. <laughs> And uh, I decided to make a little song about it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like the crux of the song or like one of the lines of the song is, um, you know, I'm hot in the streets and I need my feet to breathe. <laughs> you know, uh, and the song's really entertaining. Like if you it's it's it's. It's dope. Like you could hear it on the radio. A really great producer made the beat. Um, the hook is ridiculous, and like the video's insane too. If you just go on YouTube and you type in hashtag MCM socks and sliders, like <laughs> a really great uh, video guy. His name is the Baker. He made the video the for me. And I, I mean, seriously, go check it out. I guarantee you love the video and you love the song. <laughs> and it's just me. It, it's really like the comic. Some of the comic relief on the album is just that song. And, mm. it's, it's, and uh, I, I would take a listen to it, and I would also just keep an eye around you. Like you know, when you get a, a car of any kind, or like then you start realizing everyone else has that car. Mm. Like <laughs> now that I've mentioned socks and sliders, oh, you'll, yeah. you'll, no, you'll notice that like everyone around you is wearing them. It's so this right is now. so the, this is basically like the song that's like, I see you. It's okay. <laughs> You're cool out there. <laughs> you know. It really is in right now. So that's so funny. <laughs> uh, so so the show is called Two Dudes in L.A. and and we like to for for our audience who's maybe curious about what it's like out here or thinking about moving out here. We're just curious. What what do you love about the city? What uh, what is it that you that in, I don't know. Oh man, that's a big question. Um, Some of your favorite things. I love. Um, I love. 
it's so cliche, but I love the, the, the weather here when the sun goes down. Right. Like the way that like you know the city smells when the sun goes down. It's, mm. it's just wonderful. I still love looking at the Hollywood sign. I, I used to look at the Hollywood sign and sometimes I curse at it and sometimes I look <laughs> at it and I wink. Does that yeah. make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I yeah. feel like I feel like it does the same exact thing. Oh yeah. And it's got you know, and it's got a it's got a bunch of letters of O's in there that are, that are the eyes that wink at you. <laughs> uh, you know, and and it, and sometimes it's, it's it's got an L in there too. It makes you feel like a loser. And, <laughs> and sometimes you can stand behind it and see everything clearly, and sometimes you could stand in front of it and feel scared. Yeah. So I guess, honestly, as cliche as it sounds, the one thing I love the most is the Hollywood sign. Oh, nice. Because it's a constant reminder that you're not there yet. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that because a lot of people, after a while, they just become really jaded out here. You yeah. know, And you just seem like you still have that that magic that, oh, that Hollywood yeah. I kind of still wish I had that first year magic though <laughs> that first year magic is so fucking scared yeah because oh, yeah. you don't even know the lay of the land because the lay of the land is not that complicated it just seems that way because it takes forever to get anywhere because of traffic yeah <laughs> but it's real simple it's like the grid is really simple to understand once you understand it but I it used to terrify me. I'm like, this was before like there was navigation everywhere when I moved here ten years ago. So I was like, how do I get to anywhere? Where do I go? What do I do? And that fear is terrifying. You're just right. like, you know, like, and you feel overwhelmed. You feel overwhelmed by the amount of hot chicks there are out here. <laughs> yeah. you're, just like, you're just like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh -huh. You're telling yeah. me that like the hottest girls and guys too from like like, like every year. One town has two people in it in America that heard yes up until they were 18 for everything they ever wanted to do. Yep. Yes, you could be the prom queen. Yes, you could be the quarterback. Yes, you could be the head of the glee squad. Yes, you can <laughs> get a perm. Yes, you can, you know, own that Corvette. And they, so they hear yes so much there's only literally one town they can go to. And it's Hollywood. And yep. like, you know, the, 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 the real... The real uh, humbling part about that is uh, you, they move here and start to hear a word that they never heard before, which is no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because just be, first. by the sheer number of people that have heard yeses, you know, they move here and do that. And so, like, it's, it's fun to watch that tidal wave smack against a brick wall. And I've it's been, humbling. And I've been the wall, I've been the wave, and I've been a surfer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I love that metaphor. Yeah. You know, like so like I enjoy that back and forth. Like my show last night, like my show on Friday night, everyone laughed from point A to point B, and it's not really even a funny show. I was like, wow, you guys are laughing at like my parents' divorce. That's crazy. Because uh. you know, like, it, it was a different crowd than last night. Like it was more of like a dramatic night. Like there were less laughs, but like I got a lot of like tears in the audience. Yeah. And I was like, I, and I didn't. I felt like it was a different show. Like it was because every night and every day you're gonna get a different perspective from you, who you are, mm -hmm. and from what people think of you. And at the end of the day, what people think of you doesn't really matter much in LA. It actually does to an extent professionally. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's gonna shift too. Brad Pitt has to reprove himself this year. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he's Brad Pitt. <laughs> you know, like if the Quentin Tarantino movie isn't good, I think he's gonna. It, what, what what's gonna happen? Like, Brad Pitt still has to. Here's the here's the truth. As a person in Hollywood, no matter what you do, you consistently have to reprove yourself, and you consistently have to wait. Mm. And so, as long as you are surrendered to those facts, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. While you're waiting, plant seeds. Yep. And by mm -hmm. planting seeds, do 
amazing podcast with two young and and and, and, and funny dudes. Thank you. You know, uh, do do the things that you didn't think that you thought. I thought I was done making videos on the internet once it started getting TV work. Uh-huh. This was before like the in, the Instagram video craze, mm-hmm. and now, now Instagram's more important than television sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I want to emphasize that point you made about patience, because um, oh, yeah. like when I moved to LA, I, I'm pursuing the animation industry, and I moved here not expecting anything to happen for me in animation for at least the first year. Like I knew if it happened, great, but don't expect it. Like or on conversely, I had a friend move out here, and he's like, "I'm gonna give it a year and see how it goes." And I'm like, "Dude, you're not gonna have anything for a year. You're just gonna get your ass kicked for a year and expect that, and just know that it's gonna humble you, and then see where you go from there." But you can't just be like, "Let's see what happens in a year." Like, it's not, you're not gonna get what you want, most likely. No, you're not that. Literally, you're not there yet. Yeah. Like that's like I, I wish someone would have told me that. Like that's the thing you should have tattooed. Or like on your arm, mm-hmm. you know, wear it on your sleeve. You're not there yet because there's not a thing. Yeah, you know, like after like a star has a, a brilliant movie weekend opening, like they, st- I, I, I know a couple of famous people, like, and they all say like it doesn't matter. Like even if my movie's doing well, like two months from then, I have to reprove myself, and I'm back at square one. It's cool to have successes, and you should you should feel the need to succeed, and get your your story, art, and truth out there. I get that, like mm-hmm. I really do, but that's that's important. What's not important is the way that it makes you feel, mm-hmm. because you're going you're gonna go back and forth, over and over and over and over again. Words of wisdom. <laughs> I know. Trust me, man. Like I, I've, I, you know, I've spent the last three years recalib, like putting this whole like ethos together, kind of re- trying to like. I feel like I'm at a place where like the person I was when I was a kid and the person I am as a man now have gotten a chance to sit in a room together, shake hands, and be like, "How you doing? Mm-hmm. Good, man. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Let's talk about the last ten years." Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so, how are you feeling now? Now that you're at the end of this wave, feeling like pretty good like you got a handle on things no <laughs> uh, I don't. And how exciting is that yeah that's and that's i guess the point okay i mean i have a handle on things like i understand myself more yeah yeah that, i understand I my, pur- I my purpose mm-hmm. better and your lane yeah um yeah, i'm making you. dad rap <laughs> that's, you know i'm making i'm making i i i, my, I, I know my lane and it's filled with dodge caravans and station wagons <laughs> I think yeah. you found your next hook. I'm there it is. <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's get into some fun segments here. I think you're really gonna enjoy this uh, this one. It is called <gasps> "How to Don't Train Your Dragon." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, music's playing. Oh, I have the headphones. Okay. All right, y'all. This is Sean's favorite. I mean, this is our favorite segment, though. Let's be real. We don't need to be rude. Yeah. Um, don't you dare laugh. So Watson and I, we each have three funny clips. We're just going to go back and forth and play them, trying to make everyone laugh and, uh, you know, give any commentary. Um, I'll go first. All right. I'm going to try not to laugh, but you usually do good. This is, um, I think she works in porn. I don't know. <laughs> It's just this most of your very, sentences. We're just going to start quick and light and just kind of ease Matt here into what this segment is. Oh, great. I'm Which interested. means it's intense. I am Sophie, the cop destroyer. <laughs> da, 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 da. 
And tonight, I'm going to destroy some cocks. Here I go. (laughs) (laughs) That looks so confused. (laughs) Well, the whole... So let's explain... Well, can you explain what you saw with Matt? (laughs) What was that? I mean... Uh, the cock destroyer. Yeah. If you ever guys um, watch like anime, yeah. that was like if an anime porn monster turned into like a live woman. Yeah. That was a walking bachelorette party. <laughs> it's like a walking bachelorette. She was covered in yeah, tinfoil like, cock like, crown. Oh, you, bachelorettes you know like they go out and carry a whole bunch of like penises with them in their hands <laughs> and uh, that woman looked like she robbed the bachelorette party and yeah. super glued all the plastic dicks to her <laughs> and now she, she, ha- she has cocks on her head I get it now <laughs> there it is. she's the cock destroyer she destroys cocks takes the cocks and then Puts them in plastic, uh, shellacks them so they're like cemented <laughs> forever, and then super yeah. glues them to her head. And um, they're teaching this in college now in three different universities. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part, honestly, was just the she was so committed at the beginning, and then just here I go. <laughs> I feel like that was such a lackluster here I go. <laughs> and for the audience, yes, her tits were fake. In fact, they were so fake, okay. it looked like she stuck basketballs underneath her skin. So. And Watson, uh, we forgot to label your video. I did. So, so we're just going to go in blind. Um, but before we get started, do you know the, Matt, do you know this, the, the cringe that is TikTok? No. Okay. Do you know it? So you don't know what TikTok it's is? A, it's an app. Okay, yeah. okay. So I have recently, I'm going to say it, I'm a fan, and we're hurrying, sorry, let them let know. Um, I am a fan of TikTok, it is the cringiest thing, but have you, you heard of Vine, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I loved Vine. I do too. But this is yeah. like, so there's an anime section of Vine, it's like if the anime section was like, we're going to take over the whole app, <laughs> and I love anime. But there's a lot of cringe that comes with anime. So these aren't too cringy. These are the funny stuff. Um, but I didn't label them, so we're just going to go in blind and see, see what we, we got. got. So, <laughs> Hey, I don't mean to seem rude or anything, but I just figured I should ask, uh, why do you look so dead inside all the time? You, you can see it? <laughs> all right, just that was just a short one, right. short I, fun I, one. I, I like that. Yeah, I, me too. I, I, I like I, I, I like that um, because they were um, non sequitur mm. and independently funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I guess all I could say about that. Yeah, exactly. And they're quick. Like most of these are quick. Um, and there's something about that video specifically that's kind of relatable. It's like uh, <laughs> yeah. it's almost like you know pe- some people just have that resting bitch face, and so yeah. he's getting called out on it. And he's like, "Oh, you can tell." Yeah. Anytime someone says, "Oh, you look so tired," I'm like, "Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> yeah I am." Uh, yeah. This is oh my god! I don't even know how to introduce this. This is just a crazy dude. Okay, don't do what drugs. Is, kids. What is it labeled? Darkness. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So I was floating around in the darkness <laughs> as some fucking burly ass fucking prehistoric fucking machine. Oh my gosh. And I was coming out of it and I was all 
sniffing and shit. Like, oh, nice. create <laughs> sheep. Create sheep. Hunt cockroaches and wizard beasts. Ride them. Ride them. <laughs> Fucking. And going back inside and getting hella strong and coming out and turn it into the Hulk and the devil and shit, dude. And me and fucking, dude, crazy shit fucking happened. The time I've spent alone and what I am and fucking. (laughs) (laughs) I love Um, how the time is showing. Okay, so that guy's like a schizophrenic. Yeah. Straight up. And and that's I'm not making fun of schizophrenia. I'm saying that's well so, something along those lines. And yeah. you could he's also homeless, you can see because of his hands were as dirty very dirty. Yeah. Um and uh, that's that's a thing about Hollywood, California. There's so many homeless people, oh and the main difference between homeless people where I grew up in New York and the ones here are the ones in New York are usually veterans. Interesting. Like, like this down and out, you know. Like, like sure, there's a, a, a gambit. Uh-huh. I think there's a larger spectrum in the homeless population here of just the the differences of why, how, and. And, and and what's going on with why they're homeless? Like I think people are aliens out here. Mm. I think I think a lot of a lot of the homeless people are aliens, and it's self inflicted. Mm. I feel like a lot of people moved here to be a star, um, and they get ri- roped into the wrong crowds. Mm-hmm. They start like going to nightclubs with and around celebrities. They think they are a celebrity by default, mm-hmm. and eventually they realize they haven't done anything, and they're addicted to drugs. And everyone's getting older, and then they're living on the street, mm-hmm. and their brains go to mush. And then before you know it, they're out to lunch. Um, and I've seen this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that guy could have very well been like from a different planet. Yeah, right. you know? and that's okay. I want to know too, like a cell phone. That's interesting. And also, like, do, where did where did you find this? Just curious. I believe this was a TikTok. Was it? Yeah. Was he I, uploading to TikTok? I think he has a TikTok account. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I just found this video. But uh, interesting. Yeah, and I, I I think that I've also heard that other cities ship their homeless here. So it's so this is really just like a. Yeah. Well, I also hear that a lot of like homeless try to come here like hitchhike and stuff just because of the weather the weather yeah well, think about it if you're in sheboygan and it's zero below and you're homeless you look over to carl and you say we got to go to venice beach mm-hmm. that's yeah. what you do mm-hmm. the yeah. thought of venice beach is like i don't know a spa comparatively oh yeah absolutely, absolutely. why not i mean if you can if you can make it happen so yep that sucks. I hope I never get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's this could be either two videos. Yeah. One is, you know what? I mean, it's just fun if we just go. Let's just let's just, let's just go. Okay. So he he's trying to do a sketch where he breaks a plate. But the plate won't break. He's pissed off. Because <laughs> the plate won't break. Well, this guy, there's a lot more going on. Fuck your family, dude. <laughs> oh. Is he being serious? Yeah, I think so.
<laughs> all right, guys, that might be the best video of all time. Right? <laughs> if it was fake, honestly, good for him because that's such a great arc that happened. You yeah, know? I think that um, like if there, which there is, it's called the Webbies. But if there were like an Oscars for internet videos or internet <laughs> acting, if that was internet acting, yeah. That's great. That guy's the Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, uh, rest in peace to Philip Seymour yeah, Hoffman. Oh. All right. All right. Are you familiar with a podcast called Your Mom's House with Tom Segura Here and Christina? Yeah, Christina was on that show with me, Funniest Wins. We've, we were oh, in a, we wow. were on television together for, oh for, I don't know, six episodes, seven episodes. That's cool. I, I love her and Tom. They're so great. Yeah. So I got to give them a shout out. That's where I got this clip from. Uh, this one's funny because it starts out where you're like, oh, okay, you know, you're kind of uh, here, listen to this guy's story, and then it takes a turn. <laughs> uh oh, here we go. Six weeks ago today, I tore the quadricep tendons on both my legs. And look at me. I'm what walking. What is this guy doing? Down oh my gosh. the street, I'm walking. Why is he at a yes, gym? Yes, indeed, I'm walking. Right down the street, I'm walking. So. How long did it take you to walk, Dale? Dale, boy, talking to you. How long did your wife have to go without sex after your car accident? Because I'm walking. I'm ready to walk to North Carolina and what? fuck your wife. <laughs> How long did she go without getting any dick? Oh you little my faggot. Gosh. Look at me, I'm walking. There's my walker, Dale. <laughs> nice little stroll. Six weeks after my accident, and I'm ready to fuck. Oh Your little gosh. dick didn't work for fucking a year, faggot. Oh, whoa, whoa. Where did you find that? Yeah. Where did it's Tom his best and friend. find that? Oh, that's true. That's right. That's where you said. Oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so hold on. Let's break this down just really quick. <laughs> so his leg's broken. Or, or no, no. He, so the muscle between the bottom of his butt and the top of his thigh. Uh-huh. On both legs broke. Apparently. Apparently. Now, that's what I gathered, right? Yeah. And he's going through this physical therapy thing. Okay. At Gold's Gym? It it probably broke because he was squatting and he he was out of shape. Right. He looked like a power lifter. The fact that both those muscles broke means that like he probably didn't work out for a long time and he thought he was as strong as he was when he was 25. Yeah. (laughs) And he just went for it. And then... This guy Dale, <laughs> or or he broke them banging Dale's wife. Oh, <laughs> he's like, I'm ready to get back to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Your wife might have killed my legs, but now you know <laughs> I'm gonna kill your lube. Uh, never mind. But <laughs> one one part of the conversation they were talking about this clip is. Was he, is he friends with Dale and he's talking shit or does he fucking hate Dale? Like, I can't tell by the tone. No, I think he hates Dale, (laughs) but I think that like they're cordial enough to send each other videos about fucking each other's wives. (laughs) And that's the American dream. And that's who you voted for in the last election. Yeah, Um, I think that guy is, um, if that is real and not a joke, um... Also, you guys need to look, uh, follow Big Time Tommy. Yes, they yeah. talk about him. On he's your from mom's like house. my hometown. Oh really? Well, like he's in my hometown a lot. Um, 
But anyway, that's so funny. You just mentioned. Him. I love Big Time Tommy. <laughs> good a- good afternoon. Instagram is Big Time Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Here's a thought for the day. Yeah. Be yourself. Stay tuned. Take it easy. <laughs> Don't worry about the haters or whatever he says. That one was awesome. Yeah, yeah I, he needs to be a national celebrity. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, he's getting there. Yeah, he's great. He's wonderful. And that's he's been true to himself all these years, apparently. So it's great. Awesome. Um, but that clip, if it's real, um, that's a hell of a friendship he's got with Dale. Yeah. And if it's fake, um, which I, da- I doubt. It's yeah. not fake at all. None of that is fake. He was no. shaking like in a shitty. I don't even know where he was. It, it sounded like Ohio. <laughs> um, and uh, this poor wife that's getting bounced around between Dale <laughs> and, let's, for lack of a better first name, uh, Carl <laughs> or Greg. Yeah. Yep. Okay, our last one, and I know what it is now because it's the process of elimination. So last week, there's this guy on TikTok where he plays the piano to viral videos and it makes it sound like they're like they're a song so so they just talk but he plays the pianos if they're a song so last week i played one that was uh cardi b doing swisher sweets and this is like a marriage of my two favorite videos of this kid who every time i see this video pop up i just die and then he's also playing the piano so let's hit it have you ever had a dream actually <laughs> well you know i played that clip right no in one of our well no you played episodes. the you played the kid clip you didn't play the, the piano um yes. I, i've seen that i've seen the kid before oh yeah <laughs> um conceptually that's genius yes mm-hmm. it works so well that is um that is a fine idea yeah whatever that guy's name is shout out to him yeah <laughs> keep keep the good work up yeah i'll definitely if more funny stuff happens from him i'll definitely keep sharing them because they're uh... awesome but cool. Is your friend uh, yeah. begging you to get going? Yeah, I'm going to get going. Okay, sounds good. So let's just um, wrap it up then. Is that right. cool? Let's um, let's play a fun little game here. Uh-huh. Um, this I, is our I, last last thing. I gave Matt a little rundown of what's gonna of what's gonna happen. But since you're such a good reader, um, oh, geez. we're gonna we're gonna do the the yeah, shock factor with you. So we we got Teflon here, a uh, classic gangster novel, and we yep. like to pick a random page. And just read an excerpt. Do you want to pick it or do you want me to pick it? Uh, you Go for it. You got like a favorite number, one that's coming to mind? Yeah, I, I'm going to go to 47. 47. 47 in a row? Let's well, that's see what happens to, to Cleophis on page 47. Yeah, for those who don't know, this is a book about, I guess it's hard to say. But yeah, it's the life Mad of Cleophis. Bricks, raw chicks, and charges that won't stick. Yep, so just here we go, guys. Listen. Um, okay, so... The first word on the page is the N-word. Oh, so yeah, but you have to maybe... Don't uh, say that. I'm yeah. not going to say that. <laughs> Person. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I'm just not going to... I'm going to cancel that word and just start... Just That's the first word in this, but and it's a quote. So it's that word, and it okay. says, I just got my dick sucked. <laughs> so... And that bitch was begging for some dick oh my that God. she didn't get. Oh, <laughs> No, I'm going to say that again. Okay. 
I just got my dick sucked. Mm-hmm, no, come mm-hmm. on. I just got my dick sucked. <laughs> so, and that bitch was begging for some dick. She didn't get. But wait, didn't she get it? Because she did. She did suck it. I don't I'll know. Say it again. <laughs> that word, not a good word. Right. I just got my dick sucked. So. And that bitch was begging for some dick she didn't get. Oh, so what he's saying is... Okay, yes. He got a he got some oral sex. Yes. And he, she wanted to have actual sex. So she was begging for actual sex. Oh. He wasn't with it. Oh, I see. He's like, I'm just going to get this nut off. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, then, and, and then bounce. Yes. Okay. Any gentleman. So, all right. Next paragraph. <laughs> Not everybody knew that Cleophis was free. Some was convinced that they would never see him again, see him again after the murders surrounding his name. <laughs> Cleophas knew people feared him, and there were people who wanted to kill him as well. Oh. And cruising around without a pistol made him feel like he stepped outside naked. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous and confident, Cleophas stopped and checked on... Quite a few people. They all wanted him to stay, but he'd made up for his mind. He made up his mind that he was going to hang out with Gabe for the day. Yes, Gabe. Gabe. <laughs> Cleophas made his business to pop up on the dealers that still owed him a little bit of cash. <laughs> Spooking people in a physical form got him a wad of cash in minutes mm. as he gave them as as he gave them his up and coming murderous look. <laughs> Up and coming. Oh, it's like his blue steel. Uh, you know, I've been working on my up and coming murderous look. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't have a me, gun. Tell me how so. this looks. <laughs> After seeing some relatives, they. I mean, you know what? I'm going to go back to the first sentence. <laughs> I just got my dick sucked, so. And that bitch was begging for some dick she didn't get. Um, do me a favor, guys. Uh, yes. I'm, that's a great quote. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah, audience, what did you think of that? <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, uh, I got that. Do- I got that book for a dollar. It didn't ship on time, so I said, "Hey, like, I didn't get it. I didn't think I got it. I thought it got lost in the mail." And turns out they just misplaced it, and they were like, uh, "And then it did come, so they refunded me." But it did come, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. The book did come. Let me pay you. And they said, no, just keep the book. <laughs> so it's beautiful. But thank you so much hey, for coming uh, on here, dude. Thank you for letting awesome. me come talk, rant, yes. discuss. Yes. Um, Plug your stuff, your, your yeah, yeah, socials, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that. So my uh, on all the socials, I'm at Maddie P. McManus. So that's M-A-T-T-Y, P as in Peter mm. McManus. M C M A N U S, which is M C M Anus. <laughs> so at Maddie P McManus, there it is on all the socials. If you go on any of your streaming platforms for music, you type in hashtag MCM for the artist, and the name of the album is Problem Child. Mm. The last show of Problem Child, my one man show in the Hollywood Fringe Festival, is this Thursday at eight thirty. You could go to the link in my bio on Instagram to get tickets for that show awesome. um and me and sean will try and be there you so you can, can see come, us that there. would be great just yes. let me know send me an email cool um and if you're a kid and you're listening to this and you want a piece of advice or you want to just like tell me what's going on with you or you want someone to just make you feel better 
I'll send you a funny video and I'll give you a little advice. I'm here for you nice. in the streets. I'm here for you on the internet, yeah. and I'm here for the rest of my life. I'm not going anywhere. And thank you guys for having me Dude. on your podcast. Thank you so I much. We'll have that. you on again for sure. I can't wait. Dude. Okay. We'll see you all next time. Bye. 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 Bye.